Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Polly Campbell, and this is Simply Said. Hello, hello, hello. This is Polly Campbell, and you're listening to Polly Campbell Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy so that we can do the work that matters and live the lives we want to live. You know, I think about this stuff all the time, but I'm having a really interesting experience because those of you who who have listened to previous episodes know that I'm recovering from a hip replacement surgery. And what that means as part of my recovery is now I'm out walking around the neighborhood again. And it's been a number of years since I've been able to do that. I've driven through the same territory thousands of times, right? I've, I've been on bikes. I've been a passenger in people's cars. And yet now that I'm back out walking these blocks, I am surprised and delighted about what I'm noticing, what I'm seeing. It's the same stretch of road, but each time I go, I find I'm noticing something different. And what's really interesting is my loop is very short right now because I'm still in the early stages. So often I work to walk the same stretch, you know, three or four times. And yet each time around that block, I notice something different. And I think that makes life fascinating. I also believe that what we notice influences the experiences of our lives and how well we live our lives. And that's what we're going to get in today with author and teacher and journalist Rob Walker. Rob is the author of several books. He's a journalist writing for publications, including the New York Times, the Atlantic, NewYorker.com. And he is on the Faculty of Products of Design MFA program at the School of Visual Arts. He's also the author of The Art of Noticing, 131 Ways to Spark Creativity, find inspiration, and discover joy in the everyday. And boy, I believe it, Rob. I love this book. You got me thinking about things in a whole new way. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Well, I got to know, are you an expert noticer? Did did you come wired this way? (laughs) (laughs) No, you know, actually, that's a good point. No one's ever really point blank asked me that before. And the, the truth is, no, I would not call, I would not describe myself as particularly like, you know, some kind of savant of like like Sherlock Holmes type figure <laughs> or something like that where I say like aha the clock is and the you know I, I I'm not that guy but 
I do think it's an important, and maybe it's because, you know, this is such a good question. Maybe it's because I'm not that guy that I uh, ended up getting fixated on the idea that like, I need to pay better attention. I'm not as engaged with the world as I should be for all of the reasons that you and your listeners can predict. Life is full of distractions as it is. Those phones in our pockets don't help. Um, it feels sometimes like a crisis of like, I spend my entire day looking at things and listening to things that someone else wants me to look at or listen to, and I'm not in control of anything and I'm not noticing anything. And like, you know, there are changes happening around me that I'm not paying attention to and changes in my life and, 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 and so on. And that's what made me, I mean, that's kind of at the core of how this project, uh, started it was is with me not being an expert and just wanting to get a little bit better at it well and that's why i picked up this book in the first place i'd seen some of your other work and i thought i want to be that sherlock holmes right and 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 i want to pick up on things but for me this kind of attention and noticing has to be very deliberate i'm finding i, I have to when I go for my walk, okay, I have to say, hey, I want to notice three new things on this stretch of block or, or whatever it is for me. Is that common for most people? Do we need to give our attention to our attention? Here's what I have come to think about this. Um, the, the backstory, just real quickly, the backstory of the book is that I was kind of thinking about the, exactly the things that we're talking about now. Um, I was thinking about them in a more, I, previous projects and books that I had done had been more sort of traditional, here's a big picture look at this subject, you know, exploring an idea and kind of focused maybe on problems. My book buying in was sort of about marketing and its influence mm -hmm. and, and so on. And in this case, I was thinking about a book that was about, about the problem, because there's this problem that's underlying what we're talking about, of like, it's difficult to focus on the things that are important to you. And there, uh, and, and that, that for, for, for I spent a couple of years kind of not writing a book about <laughs> this problem <laughs> and thinking about like, well, I want to write the sketch that sketch out the problem and all the ways it happened and all the evidence that it's happening and you know, kind of proving the stuff that you and I are taking for granted right now. Um, and then there would be 10 pages at the end of tips of here's mm. some practical stuff you can do. And uh, eventually I realized that I was only interested in those last 10 pages and mm. uh, everyone knows the problem. And um, everyone who's listening to this has had some experience of feeling like, gee, gee, sheesh, I, uh, you know, I'm just having, tr like, I'm having trouble focusing. I'm having trouble paying attention to what I want to pay attention to. How do I do that? So um, the beauty of like what you're talking about is your example of walking around the neighborhood and you, you'll notice things every day is the, the real beauty of it is how easy it is <laughs> yeah, <laughs> once right? you get it right. <laughs> mindset. And I think this is underrated in the, in the societal discussion of the attention panic is that people are like, well, we need legislation and, and so on. Maybe, but you can also do a lot in your own life without that much effort to overcome this uh, big machinery of attention grab that's going on uh, all around us. Um, and I think that message is getting lost a little bit. Like this is just happens to be, 
you just happened to hit on a subject I've been thinking about lately, which is it's not that hard. Um, it's doable. We can all do it. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And that's what I write about. And I talk about on the show too. And it's, it's purely for selfish reasons. I don't have a lot of time. And I don't want to live a hard life. Like I don't want to have to <laughs> grind everything out. I'm too lazy for that. I want to go out and take it all in. I don't want to miss things. And so I really gravitate toward things that are very practical, and very simple, but can have far reaching impact in in my daily life like how i feel when i wake up in the morning you know and i yeah. find that this is such a interesting way to live what you say in your book which really spoke to me is is you write what we do with our attention is at the heart of what makes us human can you talk about what you mean by that yeah i mean it's uh i have this slogan that i now use i don't think it's actually in the book but pay attention to what you care about and care about what you pay attention to and with students, you mentioned that I teach. This is uh, some of this stuff was influenced by by students. I had I had definitely noticed that there was a tendency to for for some students to feel like if this thing that they were noticing, no one else was talking about, it wasn't trending on Twitter or whatever, it wasn't it wasn't hot in the culture, then they would decide that it just must not be that important. And I feel pretty strongly that it's the things you notice that no one else notices that make you not on a practical level, they make you stand apart. They give you original subject matter. I'm a journalist, so it, I depend on noticing things that other people aren't paying attention to and figuring out how to make them pay attention to them. So that's a practical, there's a practical version of that. That's where innovation comes from is noticing mm. a problem that no one else has noticed and inventing a solution because you noticed it first. Um, so, but what underlies those kind of more practical things is a very basic humanity. It is a basic, like, this is your experience of the world. Uh, and there's nothing more core to your humanity than that. This mm -hmm. is discussed in all kinds of, you know, this is what meditation and mindfulness practices are ultimately boil down to is you having an explicit, an intimate connection with the world that you inhabit. So the basic stepping stone of that is this really interesting but easy practice of, hey, noticing. So that's where I come from on that. I think it's so interesting and ironic that we are literally wired for this with all our senses, our eyes and our hearing and our taste and all these, these ways of experiencing our world and we're also wired with a brain that likes to go to the new shiny thing right so yeah. we are constantly distracted by that new shiny thing and and i around here with my daughter she's 15 and um like she can't find the ketchup in the fridge when it's the only thing in there you know and <laughs> and so we're talking about that we're talking a little bit about what she does notice and instead of uh, judging her experience i want to know like what is she seeing in the world and it goes a little bit to what you were just saying she wants to notice what everyone else is noticing right because at 15 yeah. you want to be part of the crowd she is right. she is not looking to go out of bounds because that would be too different and too weird. And whereas I'm just the opposite, I'm at a point in my life where I feel like it's magical when I see something or when I can say to my family or my friends, look at this thing, look, I want to share that. And in your book, you talk about noticing and attention as a way of connecting, like it can work that way when we experience something and then can share it or use it as a way into conversation. For sure. I think that one of the 
the way the book is structured just quickly is, you know, starts with kind of visual because that's what we think of as, you know, we think of when we think of noticing, we think of the visual, but also to try to get into the other senses. But then it gets into, as you say, other people. And some of that goes down to better listening practices, you know, asking questions more often of both the people in our lives and strangers and just, and noticing other people and their behaviors. And yes, that sometimes means uh, forging better connections. As you know, because you, I know you read the newsletter, um, one of the regular features there is this icebreaker series. This is not in the book, but the icebreaker series where I ask uh, readers for their favorite questions that they ask other people. And um, there, the most recent one was, you know, if you were ruling the world for one day, what would your first decree be? So <laughs> these kinds of questions that are more open-ended and more than just like, so what do you do for a living? Like the, the mm-hmm. standard things. And um, that's by design. I think that there's a real connection between asking interesting questions that are designed to open up the kinds of common ground and common notice that like, you know, and those things, it feels really hard to do, but it's, it's, uh, it's not, not, not as difficult as you think. And, and then you, you can find both common ground and surprise, which is, um, you know, pretty satisfying. Yeah, which is the best. I talk a lot about curiosity because to me it it can really root me out of a bad space. You know, if I'm if I'm mm-hmm. ruminating or upset or worried or whatever and I'm like, "Huh, why am I upset about this?" or "Oh, I wonder what I could do about this." It moves me into such a more active um attentional space that I don't have time to be worried anymore. And and I I talk about that a lot because in the end, I often forget what I was even worried about because I'm down some other rabbit hole of, oh, I didn't even realize this was there or I had never asked that question before. I have been thinking a lot about curiosity myself lately because I do think it's um, there is a connection to noticing, but I kind of now, th- I'd just be curious kind of what you think about this. Like I, I kind of see curiosity as the next step. It, there's noticing, say you notice some anomaly in your neighborhood and then curiosity is taking some further action to like, well, gee, I'm like that, like, let's say you notice a strange object on your sidewalk <laughs> and then curiosity is fine is noticing is noticing and curiosity is taking a step to find out, well, I'm going to call someone and try to figure out what the heck this thing is. Um, it's a it's sort of active phase that, which I think the final, I think that, that it's the trilogy of noticing curiosity and creativity creativity can take all kinds of forms, but where you actually make or do something um, as a result, whether that's artistic or starting a business or starting a local campaign to get that object removed from you. <laughs> so I just, I, I, I just wonder what your uh, take on that is in terms of the relationship between noticing and curiosity. Do you see them as the same thing or as sort of steps on a path? You know, I I think they're different things. And I think they're, um, I I follow what you were just saying. I think curiosity is a more active and it can be motivating uh, or personally enlightening. But I think there's value in simply noticing something and taking it in and being with it. And and then if you want to go further and and savor it, we do a lot of shows on savoring, you know, taking in the the feelings that it invokes in you, the positive feelings or but I I think there's 
I mean, for me, it's very peaceful too to be able to take something in, to experience something as it is in that moment and not have to do anything with it. You know, it's very calming to me. Like, oh, yeah. I, the crocus is coming up. I'm, I'm out in Oregon. It's been really gray. And yet these, these crocuses are, are sprouting up. And it's like, oh, there's, there's a crocus. It can just be that for me. I don't have to go then and follow the curiosity about how to grow them, you know? And, and so that can be settling for me. I totally agree. And this, this is kind of a big message of, although I just finished saying that, the, like positioning it as a step on the ladder to creativity, it's also just its own destination, noticing as its own reward. And um, I actually, to, to speak to this more directly and cite the book, if I can, one of the, um, exercises that's in the book because it, it is set up as a series of sort of prompts and exercises and things you can do and put in your daily life and my editor doesn't like me to use the word assignment but they're kind of like assignments <laughs> uh, and one of them is to uh, take a photo walk quote unquote without taking any photos and I put together a list of tips from various there's all kinds of online things about how to take a better photo walk because everyone's a photographer now that we have right. These cameras, right and so what happens is we spend all our time not looking at the world but documenting the world and then never looking at the results so this uh guide is you know it has things about how to sort of like change your height change your dimension change, change you know look for parallels things like this but don't take any pictures, just do the, mm. just do the looking exercises and see how it, and just live that and don't do anything with it. And it's okay. You don't have to start a new Instagram account that becomes a hit for it to be valuable. You will learn and grow and just feel better about, like you're saying, feel better about yourself and your life. Just be in the moment by breaking that sort of spell of feeling that you need to be quote unquote productive all the time and uh and enjoy the experience of noticing for what it is and i'm glad you brought up savoring we can talk about that as well but it, this is a variation of like there's, there's sort of small scale savoring just spending an hour taking a photo walk without taking any photos and seeing and remembering what you can remember and enjoying it and being in the moment I, I love that idea. I think we are really in this this mindset and and this lifestyle where we're busy doing all the time and um, the greatest satisfaction for me and the greatest well being the time I feel the healthiest is when I do slow myself down and just take in the moment. It's, it's a way of becoming present to where you are right now and noticing what the life is right now for me. Um, and there's some peace in that. I want to get into this. You have great ideas, 131 of them, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't count, but I, I'll trust you on that, of That's doing this. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to talk more with author and teacher Rob Walker about how we can notice more in our lives and enhance the experience of our lives in just a moment. And we're back to Polly Campbell Simply Said, talking about how we can notice and paying attention to where we put our attention. Because I really think when you're experiencing this life, whatever it is, whatever moment you're having, it 
really becomes bolder and more interesting and more satisfying when we notice what the experience holds for us when we see and Rob author Rob Walker is here he's the author of the art of noticing and other books 131 ways to spark creativity find inspiration and discover joy in the everyday life and you have a lot of ways of doing this but one of the things you talk about is looking at familiar things a little differently too. Like I, I'm walking the same route through my neighborhood right now as a recover from this. It's the same sidewalk, but each day I'm finding something new. And I think that really came out of reading your book. Like, oh, what else can I see here? Find something that I haven't looked for before. What's the value in paying attention to the familiar things all over again? You know, I guess on a practical level, I do think, you know, to go back to our Sherlock Holmes thing, I think that once you get into this kind of mindset of if you just a very simple thing to start with is you know if you're taking a walk is to is to take note of things that are out of place just sort of there seem odd like why is that there um and that gets you one step toward being engaged in the world and that's kind of like that is your sherlock holmes thing if you keep doing that you get better and better i believe at uh just noticing things in the world second on a on a more you know I like this sort of game gamification strategies of one of the ones I know I suggest in the book is to count with the numbers that you see mm-hmm. so if you're taking a walk look for a one and then look for a two and then look for a three I love that I did that the other day actually on license yeah. plates and stuff and you start to notice and what it what the so what happens is there's this side effect thing is that you notice the the nature of the typography mm-hmm. and like oh that's uh, you know and like oh i i now notice that the addr- the address numbers on the houses in my neighborhood all are of this certain style for some houses but of this other style for other houses and what does that mean and is this sort of a more modern looking thing and is this more old fashioned and is this more and oh look at this person they've got this super fancy thing what's their deal and um it becomes, I mean, I can only use the word game. It becomes a very fun uh, way to pass the time. And it's much better and teaches you something about your immediate environment in a way that, you know, reading the latest, nothing drives me more crazy than people out walking their dog while, and they're looking at the phone. They're looking at their phone. And it's like, you do not need to. <laughs> I agree. Engage with your dog and engage with the world. And if nothing else, Spend one walk, if you're a dog walker, just doing nothing but paying attention to trying to figure out what your dog is paying attention to, right? Like this is- Right, I (laughs) agree. See how your dog experiences the world with his or her nose and uh, ears and why are they doing this? Why are they stuck there? And it's just, to me, a much more satisfying form of novelty than just getting the latest news about you know, whoever, whatever celebrity uh, insulted another celebrity or whatever is going on. Um, you will see your whole world differently. And when we change yeah. the way we look at our lives, our lives change. You say drawing brings forth attention and drawing can be a way of noticing. Can you talk about that a minute? Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm certainly not the first person to bring this up. And as you know, there's a, a people have a big hang up about drawing because everyone, once you get to be about, I forget what the age is, 12 or something like that. Yeah. You either feel like you can do it or you don't. And then people who feel like they don't just don't want to do it anymore. 
But there's just an attentiveness. If even if you're making the most simple sketch of, you know, like I'm sitting here when there's a water bottle on my desk. And if I knew I had to make even the most simple sketch of it, it makes me think about the proportions, the materiality, the the physicalness of it, the weight in a way that I would just not do. And it, it's, it's intuitive that if you have to sort of try to reproduce something, you have to concentrate on it. Um, and I think that there's real value in that, in, in just making that kind of looking a practice. And, you know, the secret is you don't have to show your drawings to anyone. You can throw them away. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness for that. But, but I've, <laughs> I've tried that a little bit and it, it is, it, it's, it's, uh, actually surprised me because I'm such a writer. I mean, that's my job. I write books and I think of the world in that term to actually move my hand differently was uh, really, I ended up starting to notice how my muscles were working in the back of my hand and, you know, all these kind of yeah. weirdo interesting things. Another thing we tried as a family, which you write about is identify the weirdest thing in the room. We were at the dinner table and we all did this and it was so interesting to see what my daughter thought was weird to see what my husband and they were bringing up things they'd never seen in the house they've lived in for 15 years you know i love that because that exercise spot the weirdest thing in the room can can work as a solo thing you can just quietly do it to yourself but the way you're do you did it is my favorite thing which is to ask about it or to talk about it and you it it does become this strange form of connection and if you if you're in someone's house or in their office for the first time that is definitely the thing to look for is there's because there's always something there are four or five things that that are very obvious like oh well that's a trophy but there's always something that's like why do you have like a vision or something something (laughs) bizarre and that's where you're going to get the good story and the real connection do you have a favorite assignment that you want to bring out is there one thing that that you do or that you recommend we try um, the one that I'll mention, I mean, I have many, many favorites, <laughs> but the one that I'll mention just to, to add to this particular conversation, because we've covered some, some great ones, but we haven't talked about uh, the other senses. I'm a big advocate of l- trying to listen to the world. Um, so I'll mention two things. One is just spend, I, I, I have in the book a thing about the, the John Cage's 433, sp- spending which is which was a silent piece which and and so i I convert that into an assignment of just just spend four minutes and set your phone to four minutes and 33 seconds and just just listen to your environment do nothing but listen and see what you hear and then the second one that's kind of related is i have i encourage people to take sound shots Hmm. which is like a snapshot but with the voice recorder on your phone, just when you're in an interesting place or in an unusual place, instead of taking a picture, record one minute and spend that minute listening yourself. And it doesn't matter if you do anything with the recording, you can put it on SoundCloud. And once you start doing that, it improves your listening habits, or at least for me, exponentially. Um, and you hear birds and cars and things. We don't do that enough. We underrate our other senses. Yeah, I I think I absolutely do that. I'm going to do that. Well, I'm going to do both, but I think that recording would be an interesting way of of capturing. Yesterday I was talking um, with somebody about they got a whiff of cologne that brought them back to a difficult moment in their life, but also one that they came through and they were having all these feelings again. And I thought, right, I mean, perfume can do that. The smell of flower, the smell of the rain, you know, whatever it is, uh, tuning in with noticing through our senses, all our different ones, I think is a 
a great way to really experience our life in a, in a bold and interesting way. Even with your walks that you're taking, you could spend one spending the whole time, like notice maybe there are scents along that walk. Maybe there are some flowers somewhere. Maybe there's- Sure, I'm gonna <laughs> do that. Maybe there are unpleasant smell, you know, I don't know. But <laughs> if, it's just a way of giving you a different filter on the world. Uh, so I definitely encourage and you, you know, I'm not a huge walker and it's been a real grind in this recovery. And I got to say that paying attention this way and noticing this way has made it so much more interesting and so much more fun, you know, and I, I think that's just an example. Uh, simply start by taking the soundbite of your life, sit for four minutes and 33 seconds and take in the sounds or record a moment of your life and go back and, and listen during that minute that you're recording for what's going on around us. Let's peak this noticing power in our life. I think it's worth doing. I think it takes the pressure off from us always needing to be doing and allows us to really experience our life. And, and Rob, one thing you say in the book before we wind it up, you write looking for an answer instead of the answer can broaden your vision. I wrote that down. I've repeated that looking for an answer instead of the answer. I mean, how many times do I spend hours looking for the answer, right? The one right thing. When there's this whole world, it could be a whole lot of things I could bring in and recognize. I mean, it goes back to where kind of where we started with it. Originality and individuality and, and experiencing the world in your own way, whether that is about creativity or whether it's just about living a more complete and full and engaged life begins with accepting that, yeah, you're not looking for the thing that everyone else has already arrived at. Right. You're looking for your thing. And the only way to find that is to look with open eyes and open ears and open senses and uh, take in the world as it is and see what engages you. Okay. Rob Walker, The Art of Noticing, 131 Ways to Spark Creativity, Find Inspiration, and Discover Joy in the Everyday. Rob, where can we find out more about your work and track your books down? You can, I have a website, of course, <laughs> robwalker.net. Um, and then I would encourage people to, who are interested in this to check out the newsletter, which is uh, weekly and there's a paid version also for even more. Uh, that's robwalker.substack.com. It's called The Art of Noticing. All kinds of stuff like this and, um, and more. It's, uh, it's that, that's, that's probably the place where I'm most active these days. Yeah, I really, I really love your newsletter. And, and when I get a minute to look at it, I find it brings my attention back to these things and helps me be more attentive in my life. And so I like it. I need these little reminders. And when I tap into that and take them, I, I really find it, uh, it adds a lot of uh, good ideas and good feeling to my day. So I appreciate that. And you can find me at polycampbell.com or on Substack, Polly Campbell simply said notes. Um, and, you know, Twitter, the usual places, if you want to track me down, I'd be interested in how you're noticing in your life. What are you giving attention to? And what ways are you going to be more deliberate in that? What do you want to notice? What do you want to experience in, in your daily life? I think when we do that, when we slow down and notice our experience, we will all live well, do good and be happy. <music> Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, that's No, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. Touchdown!
On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Ravelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Electricast.